The Creative Trust is a limited podcast series to celebrate 20 years of Gloss Creative. Together with our stellar alumni, we'll share everything we know to be true about the creative process and the business reality of running a small but powerful design platform. Two decades ago, I started Gloss Creative as my creative platform for experimentation and exploration. What has ensued has been an endlessly rewarding creation of ephemeral installations, each one put up, pulled down, each one leaving an enduring mark on its audience. I learned early on that I could make audiences fall in love with environments simply by making them feel and experience something. Memories that lasted long after the physical immersion had gone. It crystallised my long-held belief that your business plan is to harness your unbridled creative force and that creative renewal is your most powerful weapon over time. Welcome to the Creative Trust. So today in this episode, we're going to talk about creative burnout. Our careers are long, and like many creative designers and event professionals I know, they show up and put their ideas out there every day, delivering all types of skilled wonder. Designing is an incredibly rewarding and fulfilling pursuit. The more you give, the more you get back. It's an addictive high as you go through the development of your ideas from the earliest stages to implementation. It's a ride akin to a roller coaster ride. And while we all love a theme park ride, it can lose its magic. Increasingly, I've become interested in what constitutes a sustainable creative life, one where you get the thrills but don't hit the ground. So I've got two of my very favourite people here today. I've got Andrew Mitchell from The Design Coach and Francesca Pavone from Dan Event. Andrew, I met about Oh, it's almost three years ago now. He is, firstly, in his background, established Mr. Mitchell, which is a beautiful design practice of over 25 years. And through that time, as well as his work, he really developed some relationships with people, suppliers and his community. And through this time, he found ways to give back to the industry, both mentoring people and also, you know, Uh, raising money for charitable foundations as well. One of the reasons that he started the Design Coach in 2018 was from his personal experience. Andrew's business now has a range of classes, coaching and mentoring and retreats, which aims to empower designers um, with the knowledge and confidence they, they need to achieve their dreams. I feel like it was Andrew who was one of the first designers to talk about the lows as well as the highs of owning a small design practice. And through his learnings and his experiences, he now brings them to creating amazing systems and processes through the design coach, which is amazing. And as I said, I met him in the masterclass, but what's really, I think, at Andrew's core is this incredible sense of empathy he has when you speak to him and spend time with him. And as soon as I start talking to Andrew, I feel like I could share everything good and bad with him. You only have to look at him to see um, how empathetic and kind he is. So welcome. Thank you, Amanda. That's a beautiful introduction. Francesca, I've known, wow, for quite a long time, probably a decade or more, um, uh, through Dan Event, obviously being in the 
you know, the creative industry, um, I've had many a happy Dan event truck pull up at my events with beautiful, beautifully designed furniture and props come out of the truck, happy people bringing them and putting them in place. So I guess we've had that really happy relationship as well. And I guess um, when I think about Francesca, I think of her entrepreneurial spirit. I think of her incredible training in the corporate world, both at Ernst & Young, where she created teams together. She's even been a development uh, manager with an investment company as well. So she's got this incredible business, but also really interesting uh, love of people and the emotional side of business as well. She and her husband, Nick, have created so many amazing businesses together. In 2016, Francesca's life took a really devastating turn um, for a young mum with th three children when she was diagnosed with cancer. And I guess as part of the change in her life, you know, when that happened, um, and she'll share a lot of that today with us, she has really looked for how she could learn from that experience and how she can share that with everyone that she works um, with today. So we're really excited to have you here with us as well. We hope you've got some great event stories to tell us as well. Thank you, Amanda. That's just such a beautiful introduction. And thank you so much for having me on the show and congratulations to you, Amanda. I think one of those highlights in my career was definitely working with you at the NGV Gala. And if we reflect back on those oversized mirror balls and that iridescent light that filled the spaces, the beautiful curve range that had just landed from Dan Eventai, and then that incredible performance from those R&B legends, Salt and Pepper. I mean, they're the moments you feel so incredibly proud and you'll never forget. So yeah. thank you, Amanda. I mean, who could forget the line of those beautiful couches down the southern um, at European galleries through there, um, just so powerful and beautiful. And yeah, I think that shows a lot about the power of collaboration as well. All right, let's get into the questions now. Um, so Andrew, um, you've worked and mentored with so many amazing creative professionals over the year. In your experience, um, what is creative burnout? Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, look, I have, both with my interior design business, Mr. Mitchell, and the design coach. Been very fortunate to develop incredible communities of creative people. So I've got experiences personally with creative burnout. Um, and then I also, as part of my business with the design coach, I also work with a lot of beautiful designers who experience creative burnout. So it's something that I'm really well aware of. Um, but today, I think it would help to maybe dig in a little bit to understand what creativity is first. Mm, totally. To be able to understand, you know, what happens when we burn out from that creativity. And as business owners, it's really important to understand that there's the obvious element of creativity that's through concept design and schematic design and that's creativity that we put forward to our clients. But there's also a lot of creativity that happens behind the scenes. So the representation of your business from a, a branding and a marketing perspective takes a huge amount of creativity. And in a world where things are changing on a rapid basis, you've got to maintain that creativity. So with both my businesses, that's a really big driving factor for me to be responsible for that creativity. Um, but there's also just the, the whole 
business side of things of managing teams. That takes creativity. Um, being able to open up opportunities for them to be creative as well takes creativity. But then also the fundamental elements of creating structure in a business, so operations, business systems, that takes a degree of creativity as well. So it's not just the obvious elements of putting together beautiful designs or putting forward gorgeous content in our classes for the design coach. There's a lot of creativity that goes into building and sustaining a business. That, so Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah but also I think that the mere feat of navigating the ups and downs of the world takes creativity and we know the last 18 months certainly proves that. Totally it has and I'm, I'm interested that you've already mentioned my favourite word renewal um, but I guess today is about you know having those renewal moments so I guess my next question to you is how does it show up? How does creative burnout show itself with either yourself or the, you know, the designers that you mentioned that you work with? So firstly, my opinion on what creative burnout is for me is really either a short-term or a long-term absence of the motivation to fulfill on all of those roles that we have to be creative. So that's across, as I mentioned, the obvious ones that is sort of putting forward concepts for clients, but it's also coming up with big picture strategy for your business. If you're a business owner, you need to be creative with that. So for me, when it turns up in my world, across both my businesses, it actually manifests physically, emotionally and mentally. So some of the examples of how it might be emotionally is anxiety. So just that feeling of foreboding with the big responsibility of having to deliver incredible outcomes creatively. And that can just be crippling sometimes if you're not in the right headspace for it. Because they keep rolling around, don't they? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and there's Stop. deadlines. Yeah. And there's deadlines that we need to meet. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to keep exceeding those creative expectations as well. And then mentally, procrastination. You know, just... My favourite word. <laughs> yeah. Not even being able to get started creatively is, is, is a big block. Um, but also something that I experienced a lot last year was this fogginess. Just like my, somebody had stuffed my head full of cotton wool. And it's like, where do, you get, where do you get started? It's just a feeling of, a little bit of a feeling of overwhelm when you know that you've got deadlines to meet, but there's just nothing there. Um, and then also physically it shows up. So I think when we're creatively blocked, that feeling of lethargy and heaviness can actually start to affect your physical being as well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Francesca, um, you have created so many amazing businesses over the years and worked hand-in-hand -hand with the event industry. Um, you've been a part of a lot of incredible workplaces. In your experience, what is creative burnout? Burnout's personal and we all experience it very differently and I believe that we will all experience it at some stage of our careers. In fact, there was a really interesting, quite a large study that was conducted by Winoa University and it showed that the average professional will experience burnout at the age of 32. Wow. So, I mean, that um, 
it was kind of a little bit comforting when I heard that because I'll talk to you in a moment just about my own personal experience with burnout. But I guess the events industry is really like no other and it is such an exhilarating feeling being a part of these hallmark events and bringing these brands to life. But as exhilarating as it is, it's extremely exhausting. And Andrew also touched on it and, and you speak about it too, Amanda. Um, when you are constantly operating at that really fast pace, you're constantly working towards deadlines, you're often troubleshooting, solving problems, that consistent pressure to keep on producing all those beautiful pieces that we do and to constantly elevate the brand and the experience for clients. And then you're trying to balance, you know, those creative ideas with your financial capability. It's bloody exhausting. For me, I experienced burnout. I was 37 years of age. I had three young children. I had three businesses and I was a silent partner of a fourth business. I was completely overwhelmed and completely riddled with stress and anxiety. And I think because it had been for a very prolonged period of time that I had been feeling that, it led to burnout. And I, I think it's been really interesting as I've been exploring burnout. There's different steps to burnout. And initially, it's like even Andrew explained, it's that feeling of being overwhelmed, you know, those feelings of anxiety. And then it starts to manifest physically for you, mentally, emotionally, on so many different levels. And then I think for me, it definitely, because I didn't look after the anxiety and the stress and the overwhelm. I certainly didn't look after myself when I was experiencing burnout. And I think that's because I am the type of person that very positive by nature. I feel very lucky that that's one of my superpowers. So I'm very good at projecting outwardly that I'm in control and everything's great and fine. But I wasn't being honest with myself. I remember I was really deeply unhappy and I just couldn't really navigate my way out of the, the situation that I was in. And that ultimately, because I didn't take time out for myself, led to a, a critical illness. It, was, it got to the point where I was... Um, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, as you mentioned, which is a blood cancer. And I think that for me, what burnout looked like was definitely expecting way too much of myself. I didn't feel like I was making real impact in the business. I didn't feel like I was really purposeful in my delivery. I was lacking that motivation. I didn't feel like I was being that inspiring leader. I had that constant brain fog, um, feeling stuck, constantly fatigued. And there was a real disconnection from my physical self and my, um, and my soul. Like I was just so caught up in the busyness and the doingness of life, but there wasn't any real conscious awareness in what I was doing. And um, I had that real sense of emptiness, even though I had so much going on in my life. And I think that for me, uh, that cancer was a divine tap on the shoulder to say, hey, the way you're living your life is literally killing you. So it ended up being a real blessing, a real gift, because I got that opportunity to really re-engineer my life. Wow. Um, wow. I think we've just heard two amazing life stories. Um, I guess, you know, it's quite hard to admit that things aren't going right for positive people. And I find most people in our industry are incredibly creative, they're entrepreneurs, they're giving, um, and they're positive. Um, and I feel it's very hard for people to admit that they might be burnt out and what that might mean for them. So I guess one of my hopes today is to also talk about what are the steps that we can take to move forward. We're the problem solvers for our clients, but 
putting that hat on, um, and I think this is something that you guys have clearly demonstrated, you've worked your way through that. You've worked your way out of that. You've been there. So I guess um, I'm kind of interested to talk about, I guess, Andrew, this is a question for you. How can people smooth out their every day? You know, the highs and lows of, as we talked about, the pressure deadlines, social media demands, um, you know, tight budgets and big one for me, client expectations. How can we start to get a handle on this burnout and put one step forward in front of the other and work out what can we do about it? How can we start, you know, often we talk about, okay, let's just take this day by day. How can we start to reverse that process? I think one of the most important things is to be able to recognise, as Francesca was saying, that when you're in a world of busyness, that we don't often take time out to just recognise the signs that we're being given. And so the first thing is a bit of self-awareness about understanding when you are on the brink of some form of breakdown or burnout um, and and take it as an important warning sign. So I think to be able to recognise when we're pushed to that brink is the first step. Um, Secondarily, I think it's really important to understand sort of the things that fight creativity. And I think that... What do you mean by that? I think that there's, you know, the things... Well, for me personally, I don't think creativity is like a finite resource. I think we've got limitless amounts of creativity. Totally. But we need to be in the right environment. And that's physical, emotional, psychological environment to help us create. So if we're in a in a, an environment of chaos, then creativity is really hard to find. So stepping back from that would be to understand that we need to create that environment for ourselves in order to be creative. Brilliant. And I guess that's actually a question that I'd have also for you, Francesca, because you've led teams. I guess that's, you know, when I think of the Dan event team, you know, as I said, they always turn up with smiles on their faces how do you think, you know, being a leader of a team can actually help to smooth out, um, you know, those, those sort of stress situations and these, you know, working with clients, satisfying them on time, delivery brilliantly, you know, raising the bar every time. Um, how does that work for you as well? Look, it's the type of business where there's always going to be challenges that will present uh, every day as well as opportunities. I guess that's the hardest part about what we do, isn't it, Amanda? And I think what's important for Nick and I as leaders of the business is that we show up for our people, that we listen, we're there for them, we're open, honest and as authentic as we possibly can be uh, every day we, and we try our best. Look, we are human and we do make mistakes but there is this incredible willingness from both Nick and I to fail, to learn and to try again. So I think that when you show that immense amount of respect to your people and your, your people know that you're trying to do your best, I think it just helps to bring teams together. It creates that sense of camaraderie and really helps to smooth out those challenging moments because it is – it's just part and parcel with what we do. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be um, these time constraints and, you know, slim 
budgets and we're always we've got these competing demands and um, all we can do is is do our best and if you can foster and create an environment where people feel supported they know they're heard they're respected um, then we just work collaboratively and and we work through those challenging moments I so love hearing you mention about the fact that yeah you do make mistakes and it sounds like you're willing to share those mistakes with your team and that creates a, an environment of safety for people to feel vulnerable and make mistakes because you can't be creative without making mistakes. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that it's really sad when people come from environments where they've um, they've almost been punished for the mistakes that they've made, whereas in our business it's so important that we allow people to make those mistakes and that is where I guess the magic happens because they're great learning opportunities for not just that individual but collectively as a business we can all really learn from one another as well. One of my favourite Brene Brown quotes is vulnerability is the place of innovation and creativity and I think if you can foster that within your teams um, and bring that joy to being in the team. I mean, that's that would be one of my most rewarding things about our last two decades is the fun we've had doing the work. And I do feel that that nourishes people in a way, that support that you're talking about. And, you know, considering the last 17 months, I mean, what a credit to you and Nick, you know, to be here today, everything that's gone on and you still to have your teams with you I mean, that is an incredible achievement that you and Nick have really um, put together, oh, which is thanks, pretty... Thanks, Amanda. It's true. It's I feel like good. true leadership really lies in guiding other people to success. And I think what's unique about Nick and I is he the difference in our leadership styles. And he's very much a creator. He's an inventor and he's a wonderful problem solver. So you really want him on your side when things go wrong because he just knows how to jump in. He's very calm and he can solve whatever problem you're faced with and I'm very much heart-based leadership I'm very much I, I really show that vulnerability heart on my sleeve and I'm an empathetic leader I think that what that actually can bring to the workplace is um, is that trust and and that openness and I think that that really does help when you're in an industry like ours and how do you feel about that Andrew in terms of you know the people you work with and the environments that they work with, how that does affect whether they feel nurtured or whether they burn out. How does that show in the people that you've worked with? As I mentioned before, is that, you know, part of what our creative responsibility is to nurture the creativity of the people that work with us. So being able to create an environment where people feel safe to make mistakes, um, they can be honest about their challenges and they... It, there's definitely that um, opportunity for them to be vulnerable about putting forward ideas that may not work. And that's where that's where the magic happens. So I think when people are operating in an environment of fear because of a feel of a need to prove themselves, then they're always going to be a lot more conservative with their ideas. So creativity is it's it's goes risk. hand in hand with mm. vulnerability. It's risk taking. Yeah. And, and feeling okay about trying that Absolutely. and just doing it. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to understand what you guys think. How can people structure their medium to long-term careers uh, to balance this whole 
demand for work life. You know, we all actually love our work as well, mostly people who work in our industry. How can we structure our lives that there's this beautiful balance between, you know, giving and contributing, but also having a life that restores and renews your energy? Yeah, so either of you... I think Francesca is going to be able to definitely talk to this in great detail but before I pass over to her I just wanted to sort of mention that I think it's personally really important and part of my philosophy with the design coach is that we focus not just on business goals we focus on personal goals and wellness goals because we need to be making sure that we're making space in our life for those goals to be achieved. And also just prioritising that as an important element. So wellness especially, so I'm talking about physical, mental and emotional wellness, incredibly important as far as being able to be productive and profitable and efficient in your workspace. The two are not mutually exclusive. They're completely intertwined. So I think that if I was to offer advice to people and from personal experience and the coaching that I do with interior designers is that Always make sure that you're factoring in all elements of your life. So balance, like refer back to the balance in your life. And it's there's no quick fix for it. It's an ongoing, I won't say struggle, it's an ongoing work that we need to do internally to make sure that we're reassessing where we're at. And it's very difficult to get every element of your life in complete balance at every single time. So it's understanding where you might be out of balance and putting into place steps that can help get you back into balance. It's really interesting too. How do you know when it's time to move on and change your work life? Um, I tend to think of things in like 20-year lots, you know, like I had the cor- I worked with the corporate world and then, you know, I've had my business. And there's that time when you come to the end of a creative work-life journey that you sort of think, Actually, it's time for me to do something different. How do you recognise those steps? Is that part of burnout or is that another thing? Is that just part of change? I think it's part of having an entrepreneurial spirit. I think that, you know, creativity, ideas come to you. If you have that sort of mindset, ideas come to you all the time. Like you've come with up with this idea to celebrate 20 years by launching a podcast series. So it's... You know, we're adding work on top of work, but, you know, we're ideas people, so embracing those ideas. So the design coach came from a place of seeing not so much a financial niche in the market, but a need in the market for interior designers to be nurtured, mentored, and given structure to Mm -hmm. their lives so that they can, and I'm very much driven by that wellness focus of having balance in your life so that people don't burn out. And, yeah, just there's not really much of that in the in existence in the industry, mm. I don't think, in Australia anyway. No. And I think it's interesting how you're saying that that need drove, like, a renewal in your work life to establish that. Yeah. That's a really interesting way forward, I think. Yeah. So, Francesca, you know, as we know, our careers are long. Um how do you think you can, you know, maintain this work-life balance? And you've obviously had some amazing learnings in this regard. So we're really, Andrew and I are really interested to hear how you, how you restored that balance and how, what are your plans for going forward in maintaining that? 
Look, I think Andrew just... He's pretty articulate, he's isn't he? He's amazing. <laughs> he's really articulated incredibly well. And I love what you were saying, that when you're creative, um, you you have that entrepreneurial spirit. So you always find these projects that bring you joy. And I guess through my own personal journey and what I experienced with Dan Aventi and these other businesses that I was running was um, there was a lot of learning, so a lot of lessons. I really, like yourself, I really delved in and went inward and did a lot of personal development work. So now I'm really passionate about sharing with people the importance of self-nurture and boundaries. So I would have to say that boundaries is one of those things, you know, going back to your question about... It's a magic you know, word actually, isn't oh it? Oh, God, it, it there really in the magic is. Words. So important. I feel like younger people and people I'm recruiting, the younger ones that are coming through, they actually nail it. They're really good at it. And, totally. uh, and I'm learning from them and I'm also learning from my own personal experiences that we need to have healthy boundaries. And when I talked about being an empath and... My tumour was an 11 and a half centimetre tumour wrapped around my heart and that was interesting for me because I looked at it as my friend rather than, oh my God, look at this tumour that I have because I was so terrible at putting boundaries in place and then there was this, this tumour wrapped around my heart protecting me, teaching me the importance of boundaries. So I feel that was an incredible lesson for me and just going back to the word balance as well, I have to say that... It's sometimes an elusive word and in the pursuit of finding balance, it can actually be quite stressful too. It can put more pressure on us. And I think that in our industry, we have to also be very realistic and understand that there are times where we just can't find that balance and that's okay. I think where we run the risk is that when we are we operate from that place where we're out of balance for long periods of time, that's when we can run into trouble. And so I'm now really passionate about um, these one day nurture retreats that I run from our property Tussie Mussie Vineyard and retreats on the Mornington Peninsula and I actually ran a couple for people in the industry and for my my staff just because I wanted to because I just felt that need to be able to share within my own journey and explain to them how important it is to nurture yourself and to put those boundaries in place. You know what you were saying too Andrew about um you know, just our own personal development and our own journey, we bring that to work. And now I've actually really incorporated into our recruitment strategy. Um, well, I talk a lot about, you know, it's not just the skills, but it's about, you know, having that that personal um, and that growth mindset. That's really important because when you're working with like-minded people, you tend to be in a much better flow and you can achieve greater outcomes. And I have these seven guiding principles of, of health that I really swear by. And, you know, we should, we haven't talked about COVID and I don't really want to dwell on COVID, but, you know, it's been really interesting. For me, it's been mentally really exhausting and yeah. I've had to really consciously go back and and lean on some of those strategies and techniques that I learnt during my cancer diagnosis to support me and I always go back and do you want me to quickly share we, them? Oh, we're all ears. We, yep. need, okay. we need to know They're the secrets. really, really <laughs> simple and like I said, we're all going to experience moments of our life when we're out of balance. So if we can Go back to these seven principles of, of health and see, you know, where are we lacking and what are, which pillar do we need to improve on? And they're so simple, but this is really the key to feeling amazing and having, a, 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 I think, a successful life. So air, 
there's so much talk about breath work at the moment and, you know, we often take really short, shallow, deep breaths in our, uh, sorry, shallow breaths in the top region of our chest. And if we just take three clean, conscious, deep breaths, we can actually come out of that dominant sympathetic nervous state. We're in that flight, fight mode and we can activate that parasympathetic nervous system, which is that, you know, that rest and, and digest state stage so that really calms your central nervous system and you can do that at any time when you're in the middle of a of a bump of a podcast or, I yeah, feel like breathing heavily down the microphone <laughs> in a exactly. traffic jam in, yeah. anywhere but the the power of, of breathing it, it oxygenates our blood when we're breathing out we're releasing carbon dioxide it's it's so simple but we have to relearn how to breathe Water, we, we know how important it is to stay hydrated. One litre of water for 22 kilos of body weight flushes out all your toxins and makes you feel fabulous. Love Sunshine, it. 20 to 30 minutes a day exercise, getting that body moving, life is movement, finding a sport or something that you love doing, but just move at the bare minimum, you know, 30, 40 minutes of walk every day. And I'll tell you something really fascinating. I tell. love this. But the part of the brain, so we, we spoke about anxiety and I really think that that is actually one of the warning signs before you get to burnout. So the, um, the part of the brain that controls anxiety is the amygdala. It's one of the oldest and the most primitive parts of the brain. So it's what controls decision making. So the two are really intertwined. And this is why making decisions when you're anxious is almost impossible. And this anxious part of our brain is really simple. It's a monotasker, so it can only do one thing at one time. And walking has been shown to actually shut down that anxious mechanism. So while you're walking, that anxious part of the brain completely shuts off. I love it. Isn't amazing. That amazing? And even That's why I always walk around the studio. <laughs> yeah, and even better if you're in nature. Yes. Of course. Absolutely. So exercise is that third pillar, whole foods, because we all know how important it is to eat whole foods. Relationships, again, when you are doing that personal development work, you can't but help but to have really healthy, positive relationships. So that's at work and it's in your personal life. Um, and passion, to have passion in your life and share that passion with others. So whatever your joy is, you just weave that into all areas of your life. So it's air, water, sunshine, exercise, whole foods, relationships and passion. And if you can work on those areas and incorporate a bit of meditation and a really good night's sleep, then, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's the key. So I always go back to those seven pillars when I'm stuck and I'm feeling out of balance and think, God, well, what, what area can I work on? Talking about balance again and taking those ideas on, how do you get the balance between weekdays and weekends and you mentioned boundaries before I guess I'd be interested to hear from both of you about you know how do you compartmentalize or do you compartmentalize mm. in things oh god Amanda this is what I really bloody struggled with yep. to be honest yep. this is the I said hardest the thing and yep. it's only you know when I feel like I've just broken all the rules and done all the wrong things I'm like 37 how the hell did I get cancer and, um, and it's because I, I think that I was never able to switch off. I really allowed my work to infiltrate every single area of my life. 
I ended up learning um, Vedic meditation and there is so much power in that style of meditation. It really does help to create some space between you and your thoughts and uh, helps you create that sense of, of inner peace and calm. And I'd have to say that I, um, I'm a cold water swimmer, so I met a great group of um, icebergers down in Brighton and it's been almost two years where I swim with them and they range from the young to people in their 80s and they are the most vibrant, positive, energetic, enthusiastic, amazing people. None of us really know what we do and it doesn't really matter because we're all there in speedos and, you know, not looking our best and braving, you know, the cold winter um, mornings in Melbourne, which we know how brutal they are. But I feel that when when I'm cold water swimming and I'm out in the middle of the bay, I can't think about work because I'm actually thinking about survival. I'm like, I hope there's no bloody sharks here. <laughs> um, and it is so cold. You, all you can do is focus on your breath work, really, and you're in your own zone. So I think that... To try and switch off from work, we have to be conscious and we have to bring these techniques um, consciously yeah. into our realm of thinking. Meditation's one. I agree. And I think exercise and being around really great positive people. That's really important. Being an, an empath, uh, I'm impacted very much by the energy around me. So I choose very carefully who I work with and who I play with. And yep. I feel a lot of creative people are like that. You just riff off the energy of those around you. And, yeah. you know, everyone who I've worked with is always incredibly emotionally intelligent. Um, and I feel creative. that's something that creatives have, I think, kind of naturally as yeah. well, you know, but not always the boundaries. So, Andrew, I'd love to ask that same question yeah. to you. How well, do you balance, you know, the compartmental situation? I said exactly the same thing when you put this question forward. It's like something that I on an intellectual level I struggle with. But then when I thought about it a little bit further, I just wanted to sort of remove some of the societal pressures that we put on ourselves that we should be in the office from nine till five, Monday to Friday. And I think that when we're entrepreneurs running small businesses or large businesses, sometimes the it's okay for the lines to be blurred between life and work. Or play and work. That's what so, kind of makes it interesting yeah. as well. And, you know, I mean, Variety. I can get a little bit sucked into the commitments of the design coach, especially because there's a lot of weekend commitments and I do With your a retreats. retreat up in Byron Bay. And But that doesn't feel like work all the time. So when I hosted my masterclass with you, Amanda, it's like that's joy for me. So Same. am I giving up a weekend? Yes. Am I also putting in some nights? Yes. But what I think the most important thing is, and it's very much in line with what Francesca's talking about, is mindfulness. It's like the, the basic element of mindfulness is that if you're with family or you're with your partner or you're following a creative pursuit, leave work behind. Leave it behind and just be in the moment of what you're doing. So um, I think it's just really important that we try to multitask a little bit too much. And our iPhones make it very easy for us to be on emails when we're actually spending time with loved ones. So to just do one thing at a time, really, really important. So mixing it up as far as what a, a usual work week looks like, I think is absolutely fine. Beautiful. As long as you're having downtime. 
as well. And I think that leads to um, another question, which is kind of like a bit of predicting the future, I guess, um, from your point of view, is, you know, everyone's working from home now. So I guess the question I've got is home versus office to you both. What do you think the future of the studio is? Um, and how can that help to either restore, you know, balance and therefore help the creative burnout thing not happen? Um, so, yeah, home or office? I've worked both. So I've had a studio before and I've worked from home. I'm currently working from home because it just, you know, with back Everything. and forth from lockdowns it's and I'm beautifully set up at home. So I've created a beautiful environment that makes me feel creative, makes me feel safe and cocooned um, and it's a separate space in my house. So that's really important as well. I'm not just working on the kitchen bench. Um, but, yeah, I think there's advantages and disadvantages for both sides. But I think as probably as a team leader, it's really important to understand that people get people get energy from from different sources. So some people can create energy and inspiration internally, but other people need to get it from external methods. So being in a studio space where you can share other people's energy is really, really important for some people. Um, so I guess it's understanding and intuiting with your team members what they need and being able to provide that. So if it's not, if you are working from home, providing opportunities for the team to come together creatively on a regular basis. Sounds so true, especially this connection with people. And just sometimes it's no fun sitting in your office, you know, when you've got a concept you're talking about. It's not that much fun to talk to yourself all the time. So yeah. definitely, you know, that's how I – obviously everything we do is team-based. So without yep. that, we wouldn't flourish. So I think it is this combination. Talking earlier, the three of us, about Zoom and how – yeah, it's great. It's managed us to manage to get us through some difficult times over the last 18 months and keep people connected, but it's not the same as being in a space. It's not the same as sharing energy with people. So I think if you are working from home, it's really important that you find ways to connect physically with people, be in the same space. And Francesca, what about you? I think that even the most introverted people crave connectivity it's natural it's a human experience and it helps us thrive and I think that working from home is not all that sustainable uh, when you're in an industry like ours we really need to be physically connected we it's when we are working collaboratively we're we're problem solving we're creating amazing creative solutions and I think that's when we do deliver the best solutions for our clients. And I think individually we do great work, but collectively that's really where the power is. We have been doing a bit of a hybrid of working from the office and working from home. And I think that that, you know, and to some degree will we'll continue. But in an industry like ours, being together and being physically connected is, is really powerful. We've heard so many amazing nuggets of truth this morning. Um, I'm just blown away from, you know, what, what you've talked about and the lessons you've learned for everyone today. So I've put a lot of thought into, you know, how this podcast will sort of flow out. And one of the things I adore is when people do the quick fire round. Um, but I thought, oh, no, we have to do it differently, of course, because some people have done that really well. So one of the things that we always talk about at Gloss is that we've always got a quote we love a quote. We love daggy quotes, 
we love, um, you know, things that really inspire us. But there's always a quote. And obviously Insta's been full of some really bad ones but also some really good ones. So I guess I'd love to finish is just to find out what your favourite creative or work quote is, Andrew. Well, I'm a bit like you and I love a quote, especially you mentioned Brene Brown before. So I love everyone who was at the Byron retreat this year was subjected to many, many quotes from Brene. Uh, She does pull out some good quotes. She totally does. I'm not quoting Brene now, but I am quoting from her book, her latest book, Dare to Lead, which I'm doing in my book club at the moment. Um, And she actually quotes Amy Poehler. Um, So Amy says, it's very hard to have ideas. It's very hard to put yourself out there. It's very hard to be vulnerable. But those people who do that are the dreamers, the thinkers and the creators. Perfect. Francesca. I love it. You. I've actually got two quotes because I'm just, I love quotes <laughs> love as well. Go and I it. thought I'll give you probably, um, it's an old one oh, and all right. my staff have heard I haven't got one today so I can have one of yours. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Okay. I'll try and be really just sharp and to the point. <laughs> so one of them is um, Cecil Beaton. It's, this is the, the work creative one. Be daring and be different. Be impractical be anything that will assert integrity of purpose and imaginative vision against the play it safers, the creatures of the commonplace and the slaves of the ordinary. I really like that from a creative perspective. Yeah. And he was the Queen's photographer as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And the other one, it's personal and I actually have this on my Instagram and it's also inspired by my little eight-year-old, Sophia. But happiness cannot be travelled to, owned, earned, worn or consumed. Happiness is the experience of living every minute with love, grace and gratitude. And what I love about this is that we can't always be happy, but when we have love and gratitude in our hearts, we can always find moments of happiness in some of the darkest times of our life. Beautiful. I can't add any more to that. Mm -hmm. I'm blown away. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, Yeah, it's just been incredible. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you.